0: Don't let fear or anxiety dissuade you from carving your own path and exploring whatever it is you want to explore, whether it's a national park or a different city or a small town, whatever it is.
1: My name is Kelly Edwards, and this is Let's Go Together, a podcast from Travel and Leisure. Our show is all about the ways travel connects us and what happens when you don't let anything stop you from seeing the world. My guests this episode, Brad and Matt Kuroak, are a married couple that does go together with wonder, excitement, and pride. They love to travel, and they have a special passion for exploring America's national parks. They hope to visit all 419 national park properties, including historic sites, battlefields, and protected lands. Through their online platform and podcast, Hello Ranger!, They're bringing together a community of diverse travelers united by an interest in the great outdoors. Brad and Matt met on Tinder in 2014, fell in love and built a life together in Chicago. Both of them travel frequently for work. Matt is a food and travel writer and Brad is an events manager for a maple syrup farm. Between all these trips, they weren't seeing as much of each other as they wanted. So they decided to hit the road together in a 26-foot RV that is now their full-time home. The move gave them more time to see the national parks together, but it also took them out of their comfort zone and made them reflect on what it's like to travel the country as a gay couple. Matt wrote about this in an essay for Travel and Leisure. I wanted to know more, so I called them up. They spoke to me from an RV park in Arizona where they're based at the time. Brad and Matt, I just want to thank you both for being here today. I am really looking forward to talking to you both about your experiences in travel. Your favorite national park, each of you. Matt?
0: I have such a soft spot for Big Bend National Park in Texas, primarily because it was so formative in my love for national parks. It was just the most beautiful, breathtaking place. It's in West Texas, so it's very remote. You have to drive like five hours or four hours from El Paso to get there. And it's just a vast, gorgeous mountainous park, desert, rivers. There's a ghost town nearby, which is a hoot.
2: I would probably say Biscayne National Park. It's 5% land and like 95% water that's the beauty of it. We went snorkeling there and I felt like I was living in Finding Nemo and I was dory just lost in the snorkeling, chasing other fish. And it was the best like couple hours of my life because it was literally felt like a dream.
1: Where is this national park?
2: This is actually in South Florida and it's just like a a little bit South of Miami. You can actually see downtown Miami from... Biscayne National Park. And it's right over by the Everglades, which is another one that's way up there because alligators and crocodiles coexist. And that's the only place.
0: Only place in the world. And that's another reason why I think Biscayne is underrated because it's right next to Everglades. So it tends to get overshadowed.
1: Going back to the RV lifestyle, what's it like to live and work and be in there all the time? What's great about it? What's not so great? Let me just give you this disclaimer. My parents are RV lovers to the max. They just bought a new one, their second one, and it is marvelous inside, but I can't imagine, you know, using it full time for my home. This is something that you guys have embraced full time. So tell me about that.
2: At the time that we were starting to conceptualize the idea of traveling to national parks together. I was on the road for like four or five months in a back of a box truck going to events selling maple syrup. Um, And at that same time, Matt was traveling around the country and the world, uh, going to places like Thailand, Boise, Idaho, and anything in between. And we kept on missing each other. So if I was in Chicago, we would see each other for a day or two, but the other one was out the door. And we were really losing that connection with each other. So we thought, what if we do an RV lifestyle? And we were really excited because we would be able to do this together between Matt being a travel and food writer and then myself being uh, a traveling maple man. But uh, (laughs) it it was such a good time and it's such a crazy time because we really needed a way to reconnect.
1: They were thrilled to be together more. But the new setup also took some getting used to.
0: I feel like we've been doing it for a year and a half, and I'm, like, just now starting to fully get comfortable, maybe. I'm only now, like, cooking more and stuff. But Brad did a really good job making it feel homey really quickly, I would say. He has an eye for these little comforts. And even little things like hanging up photos of family members and friends um, along, like, cabinets and stuff really makes a huge difference. And... We had to really, really cut down on our physical possessions from Chicago, obviously. We just don't have the space in a twenty six foot r v so it forced us to refocus on the things that not only we need but like just we love the most and bring us joy and comfort and that's been kind of nice to minimize. I didn't know how i I would feel with that, but it's been refreshing
2: a big issue that we've had over and over again is Wi-Fi. <laughs> Just yesterday, I installed a signal booster kit into our RV. Um, and so we could have a better like data connection. And Oh, my goodness. It was like the first time in a year and a half that it felt like we actually had Wi-Fi comparable to our loft in Chicago. It was miserable to do any kind of work online. Sometimes took a minute to load a single page or a single photo. And you're like, "Okay, this is really annoying and boring.
1: Wi-Fi issues aside, for Brad and Matt, the road rarely gets boring. To them, national parks aren't just about the great hikes or the breathtaking scenery. They're a window into American history.
2: So Selma, Alabama is probably one of my favorites. Going to see the the bridge um, that leads from Selma to Montgomery, where Bloody Sunday happened. Because there's so much context when you visit that in person. And I feel like our civil rights classes did not teach us the importance of these historic events. And like another one, to that provides a lot of emotion is Little Bighorn um, National Monument, which is where General Custer died, there's just so much uh, to learn and to discover because there's more narratives than the one that is in our history books. And when you go and visit them, you start to understand the context behind it and that like Native Americans were attacked on that land. And that was their land. So one of the things that the National Park Service did was turn it from General Custer's battlefield to... Battle of Little Bighorn, um, to kind of correct the narrative a little bit. And they're working on making that narrative even better.
1: I can appreciate you being aware of history and how it affects us to this day. Um, There are absolutely a lot of people who have been oppressed in American history. And you definitely touched on two groups, specifically African-Americans and Native Americans. And so the fact that you can correlate the two, the history and in your travels by visiting these national parks is something that I appreciate.
2: I mean, it's something that we'd never, I didn't think about this before. And then going there and seeing them is what opened my eyes to starting to understand history better. And that's why I love the National Park Service and everything it
1: does. Of course, oppression isn't confined to the past. And social change is a continuing process. After the break, we'll talk about how road tripping has made Brad and Matt think about what it's like to travel in the United States as husbands. Be right back. Welcome back to Let's Go Together from Travel and Leisure. I'm your host, Kelly Edwards. We're visiting with Brad and Matt Kuroak. They met in Chicago, but now they're living full-time in their RV, aiming to visit every one of the more than 400 national parks, historic monuments, and protected areas in America. In a piece for Travel and Leisure, Matt wrote about experiencing these adventures while also wrestling with his identity as a gay man he'd spent his entire adult life in a big city. And in smaller towns and rural areas, he suddenly felt like he was under a microscope. So while you guys have been traveling around to these national parks in your RV, have you faced discrimination and felt unsafe during your travels as a gay couple? Because you mentioned, you know, possibly getting kicked out or trying to test the tone of the area, the waters, by, you know, giving different descriptors of the relationship depending on where you are?
2: It's very subtle in a lot of cases, but then there are direct cases, yes.
1: How do you guys deal with that? I'll let Matt go on this one.
0: I know for me, when we're in a place that I'm not yet sure about or comfortable with, I try not to, even though it kind of sounds rude, like I don't engage that much. I stay quiet and, like, distant. It was a big adjustment going from a big city, and it still takes getting used to, because in Chicago I never, like, hesitated or thought twice about how I was perceived, whether that, like, how I dressed, or being out and about with Brad, holding hands, kissing in public, all of that. That was all normal and comfortable. And then suddenly when I'm in these much smaller towns and cities... I wasn't comfortable, and I wasn't used to that feeling, feeling like I had to tone myself down, because I used to dress pretty, like, colorfully and have, like, an absurd amount of, like, weird jewelry and, like, all these rings and stuff, and I just kind of put all that away for the most part. Some of that had to do with just, like, the physical restrictions of being in a 26-foot space all of a sudden, but also I just shifted more towards very straightforward looks and, like, outfits, trying to, I don't know, I guess in a way, like, blend in as much as possible, but then even still, like, being worried that people were judging me or looking at me different, and it's been hard to acclimate to that type of mentality. It's not a pleasant feeling, and I also don't want to assume that everybody I come in contact with hates me or anything like that, so... I try to also keep that in mind, not judging the book by the cover and just being like, oh, you all, you know, don't want me here. Because on the other hand, I've been very pleasantly surprised by some of the nicest interactions and people in communities ever who are just so warm and gracious. So it's kind of, it's been tricky to navigate that emotionally and keep everything kind of in check while also taking care of like, myself and my relationship with brad because it reflects on him too and it's taken me a year like a year and a half or a little bit more now to be able to articulate that a little more clearly and then be more comfortable with it so it's still a work in progress
2: and one thing just to elaborate on this a little bit is I have a a different privilege than Matt does because I am straight looking, we both have a privilege because we are Caucasian, but I have tattoos, I'm bulky, I don't look the role of being a typical quote unquote gay. And I think that that is a privilege that I have and that is the difference between we're living the same lifestyle in the same areas and people would never assume that I'm gay.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I've looked at both of your social media and your website and it was an observation that I made as well. I could see where your comfort level is different than Matt's per se. And so, I'm I'm glad that you touched on that because I could see, you know, why Matt's experience would feel a little bit more uncomfortable or or fearful even because it's something that can be more easily detected just based off of a look. Brad, how has this been for you?
2: Yeah. So what we do is we read each other. I'm not, I'm never going to force him to hold my hand one, because that's just not good relationship. things, But, um, but two, because I want him to be comfortable. And if in that aspect we need to be friends versus husbands and that's what we do it's not like when i get to an rv park and they see two guys and they're like like oh are you guys brothers We're like no um you know that's my other half you know if they ask directly we'll be honest but we don't say my husband we, we kind of say other half my partner we use different terminology and words to really portray the best neutral way to test tones of other people so we don't have to have a fear of getting kicked out of an RV park, which I don't think happens a lot. But it's still a, a fear in the back of our mind. so we just kind of be respectful of that.
1: On one of their trips, Matt was called a homophobic slur. Brad told me what it was like to process that together.
2: The day that I heard that, I panicked. And I it, it completely... broke me down. I was mad. I was frustrated. I felt like I couldn't protect my, my husband, my partner. And it was frustrating. I mean, I remember that day we sat down and we got a rental car. So that way he wouldn't have to walk to the grocery store a half a mile away where this happened.
1: Matt ended up taking the car on a solo trip to another national park to get away from the site where they'd been staying.
2: And I'm glad that that happened, the offshoot journey that he got to do by himself. But At the same time, I don't think that he should have had to be afraid, or I shouldn't have had to be afraid for my uh, other half.
1: Despite these challenges, Brad and Matt love the road. They have conversations to check in with family and with each other about how to stay safe. And they're committed to inspiring anyone who wants to travel to get out there and follow their dreams. What advice do you guys have for LGBTQ travelers?
2: Do your research research make sure that you find the lifestyle that you want and if you have any questions please reach out to us Because we love talking with people and educating people, and we want to be a great resource. I am constantly checking my Instagram messages, um, Bradley underscore KRC, and Matt's is Matt underscore KRC, and will gladly answer any questions you have, because we want you to go and experience America for what it really is and all the amazing things that the national parks, state parks, cities, towns have to offer because there's so much beauty out here and we are going to keep on doing this because we love it and we do feel safe enough to be on the road but we still have to have these safety checks
0: yeah and i want to add too i i think it's important to not let fear or preconceived notions stifle your sense of adventure or wanderlust there's a fine line between being cautious and also just making rash assumptions about whole communities. And that's something I'm still trying to navigate personally, so it's easier said than done. But just don't let fear or anxiety dissuade you from carving your own path and exploring whatever it is you want to explore, whether it's a national park or a different city or a small town, whatever it is. There's a way that you can be mindful and cautious and put the research in, while also going out and exploring and having fun and meeting new people, going to new restaurants, going to new cities and communities. It's all achievable. You can do all of that while taking care of yourself. So just a matter of doing it at your own pace, I think, and making sure that you're comfortable with it before taking these next steps, because everybody operates at different intervals. So I wouldn't necessarily suggest or tell people to do it exactly how we did it. Just do it at your own pace and make sure that you feel safe and comfortable because there's so much out there to see and everyone deserves to see and explore these places.
1: Right. Matt, you said in an essay you wrote for Travel and Leisure that national parks especially have felt like the ultimate safe spaces. Tell me more about that.
0: That's definitely true. One of my favorite things about the national parks is they do feel like very neutral places that kind of transcend all walks of life and backgrounds and, like, political alignments and all that. Whether I'm at a giant national park like Yellowstone or a smaller one or a national battlefield like Little Bighorn, these are places where, like, you're crossing paths with people there, families, single people, couples. Everyone is just, like, sharing this interest and this passion in these places and it's refreshing. It's one of the very few instances where everyone's kind of on the same page and enjoying something together. And so that's what I love about them. They're these beautiful communal communal places. And then also just like park rangers and everyone who works for the National Park Service are very inspiring, talented, and welcoming people who just exude passion and That's a nice thing to be around because it's palpable. There's something very energizing about that. So whether I'm feeling down or threatened or anything, it's a nice place to go and recharge and just be around people with shared interests. And it's just really great. It's been really beneficial for me emotionally.
1: I just appreciate the time that you guys are giving me and the fact that you hooked up the Wi-Fi the day before. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And that's all for this episode of Let's Go Together, a podcast by Travel and Leisure. I'm your host, Kelly Edwards. You can find Brad and Matt online at HelloRangerUSA and HelloRangerCommunity.com. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Susie Armitage, Lena Beck Sillison, and Cheryl Duvall. This show was recorded in Los Angeles, edited in New York City, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more at travelandleisure.comslash podcast. You can find Travel and Leisure on Instagram at TravelAndLeisure, and Leisure, on Twitter at Travel Leisure, and on TikTok at Travel and Leisure Mag. And if you're looking for me, I'm Kelly Set Go Everywhere, and that's Kelly with two E's on the end. Catch you next time on Let's Go Together.